Hello, and welcome back to Big Ideas, an exploration of the diverse perspectives, timely research, and lived experiences of Mount Royal alumni and the university community on issues both trending and emerging that impact us all. I'm Noel Armita, a third-year journalism student and the show producer for this podcast. In the spirit of truth and reconciliation, and to recognize Mount Royal's continued journey to indigenization and decolonization, we acknowledge and celebrate the traditional territories and oral histories of the Nitsitapi and the people of the Treaty 7 region in southern Alberta, which includes the Siksika, the Pikani, the Kainai, the Sutina, and the Yahe Nakoda. This land is also home to the Métis Nation. Mount Royal University is situated on land where the Bow River meets the Elbow River. The traditional Blackfoot name for this place is Mokinsis, which we now call the City of Calgary. This three-part podcast focuses on democracy and civic engagement in Alberta and topics including changing voter demographics, polarization, and ultimately how we move forward. In this episode, our panel discusses what mentorship can look like, finding common ground, and the future of democracy. Our host is Lori Williams, Associate Professor in the Department of Economics, Justice, and Policy Studies at MRU. She is joined by our MRU alumni panelists, Tomi Ajele, Diamond Reed, and Chris Turner. So here we're going to talk extensively about inspirations that we can think about that might help us to meaningfully engage, to experiment in new new ways of, of connecting. We're going to talk about democratic processes that may not look like the standard thing that everybody thinks about, civic engagement, organizations we can connect to, particularly for those who are not you know, in, in the halls of power, that are on the margins, feeling frustrated at what they're trying to convey or communicate, feeling unheard, uh, and, and like they can't make a difference. And if, if anything is come through and what we discussed so far is that we might be making little differences, but there's no question that I'm sitting at a table with three people that are trying to make a difference to make their their world and their country uh, a better place. I wanted to look a little bit at this idea of leadership in this context and how that looks a bit different, not necessarily the, the, the leaders that we elect, but the leaders that we're drawn to, the relationships that we have with one another. And, and to really explore this potential for how relationships with individuals or groups, things like mentorship and what kind of difference they might be able to make. I, I love the fact that we're bringing up the thought that leadership doesn't have to be your your typical idea of who a leader is. I know my personal experience with um, not even a mentor, but people that I believe in and value their opinion, they've made a huge impact, a huge ba- impact on the decisions that I've made. So being a leader can literally just be this one conversation that you have with someone. It can be maybe you're questioning them or maybe you're supporting them in a way that gives them confidence, makes them think twice about, oh, well, why do I believe that? Or maybe I need to look a little bit deeper into where I got this information. I think a leader doesn't have to be something that is permanent either. You can you can just step into some leadership shoes when you feel comfortable or maybe when you're in that environment that suits your experience or your expertise. You don't have to have the pressure of being a leader 24-7. What I'm hearing partly in what you're saying, Chris, is that some of those people that inspired you didn't know that they did that. They didn't know they were being leaders. We may not know when we're, when we're being leaders, when we're making a difference. And sometimes we lead 
and inspire others, and sometimes we are inspired. We don't need to be. So I mean, we're talking here partly about mentorship, but we're talking about a reciprocal relationship across a lot of different uh, communities that I think is important to explore. I feel like there's also such a strong case for seeking out that that leadership and mentorship because I know for me, I, I often assume that everybody knows what they're doing. And I think that's also part of what made this idea of like activism or getting involved politically so intimidating. Because it's like, everyone seems to know how this works. Everyone seems to know how the government works. Everyone seems to know how to ask for change and how to be an advocate. And I have no idea how any of this stuff works. And I think the more you talk to people and the more you'll learn that like, like, everybody's in the same boat. Like, everybody's like, I have no idea what, how this works or what I'm doing. I'm just figuring it out. And so this idea of, like, you know, wanting to do something or wanting to get involved and thinking, often we think, like, well, I should know how to do that, and I don't, so I just won't even bother. But, like, I think that there's such a strong case from just seeing someone that you think maybe did something cool or, you know, you went to a protest and you saw someone speak and you were like, oh, how does how does someone even get involved in something like that? Like, literally just asking them, like, how did you do that? And and, you know, how do if I'm interested in this, how would I get involved? I think so many people are just kind of figuring it out as they go and are so excited to be able to share that with others. And mm-hmm. we often expect like we think people are just geniuses who know the system and then are too busy to hang out with us. But really, like people are so open and willing. I just want to pick up on this idea of not really knowing what you're doing. I have to tell you, as someone who has expertise in some of my classes, for example, how much I learn from a student who's just coming at it for the first time. And, and helping their classmates understand things. We sometimes call them the naive or, or uh, novel reader. They're, they're new eyes from a different experiential or, or maybe generational perspective. It means they ask a question that I never thought to ask. Absolutely. I'm, I'm hearing like an element of imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. which is definitely something I'm sure each of us has experienced and continue to. And Absolutely. Perhaps we'll continue to with whatever we are undertaking. And I, I think sometimes that imposter syndrome kind of stems from something like, well, intersectionality, of course, but also lack of representation. Mm-hmm. Um, representation matters for many, many reasons. Having women in politics and more broadly just having representation across different identities of uh, race, sexual orientation, socioeconomic status. These all have tangible effects on people's willingness to engage. Once you start seeing yourself and understanding that it is a possibility, um, and perhaps even seeing a bit of yourself in someone, having a bit more trust for what they're advocating for, or understanding that they might have a bit more empathy or understanding of what you've gone through, and that they are there in that position, maybe unintentionally, to motivate you and let you know that it is possible. So I think what you're talking about, seeing things and possibilities, you know, sometimes it's because there's, there's you know, a resemblance you can identify with. But of course, the, the model for, quote, good politician is white cis male. I mean, the way that it's been done, the, the institutions that have been evolved have, have done so from a particular sort of perspective and standard. And so what we're used to seeing as successful is harder for somebody who doesn't fit that mold to succeed at. So if you see someone like you um, who is perceived in a similar way to the way that you're perceived, perceived or, or anyone who's doing it differently, and you can say, hey, I can't imagine doing it the way that person did it, but that's something I think I could do. And encouraging others to, to engage is important. And, and the interesting thing is that everybody at this table has been that and continues and has potential to continue to be that 
to folks that can't quite imagine themselves doing the things that you're doing right now. Did not really think about that, but yeah, that's that's a good point. And I think that's also why sometimes leaders don't realize they're being leaders because they don't necessarily recognize the stage that they're at in their life. And you know, like as you get older, you're a lot more familiar with some of the challenges, mm -hmm. being denied, having to go back and start all over. You're sometimes even more comfortable getting outside of your comfort zone because you've done it before. Oh, I've volunteered before. I've done something that I had no experience with. Like e even this, I definitely felt like quite an imposter being here and being able to discuss democracy and engage like and political engagement because I'm like I oh my gosh I haven't been here that long I, <laughs> I just graduated <laughs> last year and I feel like am I really that engaged with the community is there really any insight or wisdom that I can offer and being able to hear all of your guys's experiences I think helps me to recognize that, oh, I'm taking something away from them. So, you know, maybe at least someone or one person is taking something away from me too. And that in itself is quite beautiful. This connects back to that idea of telling stories, your story, stories like the ones we've talked about today, examples that we've, we've drawn on. That's part of what connects us as human beings. And that's the key to, to engaging in democracy and, and being willing to compromise with the other humans that you, you encounter. And that's because you have some sense of who those humans humans are or what their what their humanity might look like. Kind of going back to that relationship stuff, I know we talked about mentorship, and of course that's an important aspect of forming some sort of connection, having some sort of guidance, and you know, being part of that educational process, uh, whether that be through school, work, volunteer stuff. Another important factor is sponsorship because you know it's it's all good and well if you have sure you have the representative workforce. You have the people that can, you know, maybe take on mentees, but do you have the infrastructure in place to actually ensure that people feel comfortable there, even the mentors? Do you have the infrastructure in place to ensure that you are retaining these people and also making constant improvements and, you know, that they have perhaps specialized spaces where they can, you know, work through some of their professional development and figure out how to grow, how to advocate, how to get more involved. I think it becomes a balance of both, not only ensuring that you're bringing in the people that can offer for support to engage more politically, but providing the spaces where people can actually feel supported enough and secure enough to maintain those relationships too. That's really important. It, it can be a little tricky to provide mentorship to someone who is going to experience different opportunities and barriers than, than you did. And, and that's where that professional support or that is to, well, organizational, let's call it organizational support or the people that are helping uh, people improve to become better uh, mentors, to, to recruit more people to be involved in mentorship for, uh, and for people to sort of think about, well, what can I do even, perhaps not as a formal mentor, but informally inspiring or, or challenging people to think differently about themselves and their, their, the contribution that they can make. Mm -hmm. I also think too, you know, and this has been said, I think both of you mentioned how, again, when you're in that position of leadership, you might also, you not, might not see yourself as, as a leader. So I also think, you know, if there is somebody in a space that you look up to, or you're just curious about how they got to where they, where they got, or, you know, you feel like they might have a lot of insights to share. I think there's also a lot to be said to reaching out to folks in your community because they might not see themselves as leaders. They might not be the first to, you know, sign up for the mentorship program. Um, but if there's somebody that, you know, has spoken to you or something 
they said resonated with you, I think it's totally okay and also like really exciting for people to have someone kind of reach out um, and ask for mentorship. It inspires that confidence that we were talking about because sometimes it can get to a point where it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, is this really the right path? Is anything working? Is this doing anything? And then when you do hear about the impact that you do have on other folks, even if it's just like you had a little talk somewhere and people are like, oh my gosh, like what you said really just resonated and thank you for taking the time to be here and to say that, that in itself is enough to instill, I'm sure for some people, at least a smidge more of confidence in that like, okay, that's why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and Diamond, you mentioned like imposter syndrome coming here and like I felt the ex- I feel the exact same way. I can't remember the last time, honestly, like I took up space and felt confident about the space that I was in. And I always have to remind myself like, I didn't lie about anything to like get here. I didn't ask to come. I was invited. They know, you know, I didn't like, I didn't sell myself as something. So, but like every, I swear, every time I get on a panel or I'm on, there's just like something in the back of my mind that's just like, maybe this is a joke. Like maybe they've gathered me here to publicly (laughs) humiliate me because they know how dumb I am. Like, and I'm like, how do we shake that? I do not know, but I swear it's just, it's always there. Like you're like, I know nothing. I think it's these, these relationships and, and mentorship, but not even putting so much weight into that word. Just just relationships will help alleviate that imposter syndrome because I think you're more than confident in this space and, and it's great to have these great conversations with all y'all. But I think that the more you get told that, oh yeah, I felt that way, that gives you that confidence. And that's the great thing about having that mentor relationship because most likely that person has lived that experience or has something similar or has seen even that, you know, you don't have to be the the exact same, uh, you don't have to have the exact same history as someone, but you can be like, oh, well, I, I think this is the reason why you're experiencing this and it can be right, it can be wrong, but it at least, it gives them validation, something that I don't think we see very often in politics or in any media really. And I think that's a huge way of coming down to the same level as someone and collaborating rather than being divisive. I'm really picking up, and this is coming up, I think, in what all three of you have said, sharing that you felt a lack of confidence or you didn't know what you're doing or you you felt like you you weren't clear or articulate and yet things worked out, that sharing that can help somebody who's feeling all those same things to say, well, you know, it worked for Diamond, you know, worked for Tommy, worked for Chris, maybe it can work for me. Maybe, maybe it's just okay to not be sure and and uh, take the risk. And and I know we kind of chatted, you know, outside of this particular episode a little bit too, but I, I just, I wonder what that looks like for, you know, perhaps people younger than myself, maybe younger than all of us, you know, when really some of their most pivotal years of, oh, this is what like professional relationships are like, either in a school or work setting, but like in this context, like, oh, there's a pandemic. I'm home. All of my avenues of community may have been put on hold. My priorities may have changed. I'm probably too emotionally, maybe even physically exhausted to go out and continue engaging democratically, politically, in general. So I wonder if at least something that I hope uh, there's a lot more discussion on, particularly on the subject of mentorship, is how to navigate that in a world where you don't necessarily have people around you. You're not in the office. You're not at school. Sometimes you are just in your own space 
sometimes maybe just alone. And it can be extremely discouraging or your confidence can take quite a hit not having those support systems around you. And that is, I think, such a huge concern, at least that I have for younger folks today. Um, And being able to find strategies or ways that we can actually mitigate that or help them out or put those different mentorship and sponsorship opportunities in place for them, even if it does have to be in a remote format. Naming the the experience, the challenges, you know, sharing those kinds of things, whether you have the solution or not, can just open a, a, a space for discussion and maybe and maybe for for a response. Yeah, really, like acknowledging like the wheel of power that exists, and like Tony and like Chris and like everyone has said here, like asking those questions and figuring out what's what's the how. How do I get there? How did you get there? And what else do I need to do? And sometimes people are just willing to take a risk on you too. And that can be extremely valuable as well. And that's the mentorship side. I just want to briefly say on that, the mentorship side of this is seeing another's potential. But seeing them as they cannot see themselves can be a huge opportunity. Yeah, empowerment um, is, is definitely a huge factor when it comes from relationships such as mentorship. And I think that if we can empower people not only in a direct relationship but also from afar you know if you can see yourself in a politician like AOC or Bernie Sanders you know you have that ability to push yourself and and close that confidence gap and try something new get out of your own comfort zone but it absolutely comes down I want to echo representation if you don't have someone that maybe looks like you or has a similar experience to you, that's that's an uphill battle or maybe not even uphill battle. It's an unknown valley that you don't know what you're traversing through. I think there's also something to be said for that. I don't know if it's validation, but that, that ongoing sort of continuous empowerment that's really important because I think especially for um, marginalized folks getting, taking, there is a hesitation to even take on an opportunity, whether we're talking about, you know, applying for a job or applying that for that program, thinking, you know what, I'm underqualified. But there is something to be said also for yes there's the fear of even being even getting in in the first place but I think there's an additional very valid fear of what happens once you are in and that fear of being judged more um, being scrutinized more Mm -hmm. harshly or that fear of potentially that added pressure of being the only one and having to Mm -hmm. represent and you know maybe not you're not the only one but maybe you're one of two or one of five and you still have that weight of representation so I think there's something to be said for yes we might um, not think that we can we're good enough for the opportunity or we can get it, but then there also might be this really real real fear of what happens when I'm in there and what happens when I have a little bit more power or authority or I have more eyes on me. And I think that can be really, really scary too. So I think there's also such a huge mentorship piece that has to come in, in there when it comes to that that support, that allyship and that sort of ongoing reminder and empowerment that like, yeah, you're here, you, you know, quote unquote made it, but also the work you're doing while here is like good and it's valid and here's how we can continue to uplift each other because I think that's really, really important. Yeah, I think I sense a call to action out of this podcast maybe right now. Maybe go out and be someone's mentor or go ask you know, hey, will will you help me with this with this decision? Will you help me with this new project I'm thinking of? And also step out of your your comfort zone, especially if someone approaches you and says, hey, you know, you're really good at doing this, or I really liked it when you did that. Be your own leader and and take that 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 support and 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 run with it and really stress yourself in a way that will make you stronger. I think that's what we need as, as citizens to do our, our civic duty uh, to 
get more representation out there, to get more people speaking in, in, in great discourse um, and understanding people, validation, but then also collaborating. And seeing those, opportun- those, those challenges that we face as opportunities to connect, to support, you know, to, to experiment with, with ways of, of trying to respond or, or interact differently, to learn from, from our mistakes. But just kind of thinking about the way the population is shifting, particularly where what they're called as or referred to as boomers are becoming a smaller part of the population. But I I wonder what their attitudes are towards mentorship and if that's something that they would look for as well as they kind of have less space, I think, within our representative democracy. And as their needs start to change, like... Mm -hmm. Who's addressing those things? Who's supporting them? Is it the younger generations? I hope so, and I truly believe so it will be. But I think that's maybe just an interesting little tidbit to think about of how the changing population will impact civic engagement as well. I really like what you're saying, and it occurs to me that mentorship, one is not always a mentor. One flips back and mm-hmm. forth. You know, We learn a lot from people that we may know a whole lot about, might be training somebody in something we've got expertise in. Lo and behold, they ask that question or suggest that possibility, and the person that was teaching is now the student. So I love what you said, Diamond, about how how rather than than looking at the different generations as we don't get each other and I don't they've got way too many advantages or they're too entitled or whatever it might might happen across those because because the the names of the generations as you said can sometimes be a negative how can we help to, how can we work to get across these generations to understand one another and help one and help each other appreciate the things that we have to offer the things we've learned the perspectives that we bring yeah, it, it almost feels like a more sustainable approach, I, I would say, with, with younger generations. Sustainable in the sense that we want to be able, potentially, I shouldn't speak for everyone, but to support one another and to ensure that like everyone's needs are being addressed and that we're not you know, continuing to go through this very exhaustive process of, I don't know, they don't know, maybe we won't do anything. They know this, I know this. We just can't see eye to eye, though. One of the things I'm hearing, I'm not, not sure if this is where you're going, but one of the things I'm hearing there is there are lots of things even the people at this table disagree about. Um, but we're looking to find common ground and to learn from one another and to engage one another um, and to try to enrich the communities we're members of. Not to necessarily abandon other people, but be involved enough to be able to offer the support that we want to advocate for Mm -hmm. all generations, not Mm -hmm. just our own. Um, It's just we want to be part of that conversation. But if I can just conclude this wonderful conversation that's been happening between the spaces of the recorded sessions, and I hope will continue. Uh, And in case you haven't gathered, we do have probably three generations represented around this. I don't know what the names of them all, but I'm guessing three. That's that's my ballpark. And I I can say that I've learned a lot just today from from all of you. I've been encouraged to make a bit more of an effort in, in ways that maybe I was getting too tired to try to make an effort in. And I'm hoping that those of you that are listening can take some of what we've said and, and be inspired to try to do a little bit, even if you've got a busy life and more than enough to do here or there, that maybe there's something about you connecting to and giving to a community that can give back to you. And all of that will make us more uh, engaged population. It'll bring us closer to what I don't think humans have ever achieved, and that is democracy.
That was our alumni panelist featuring Tommy Ajele, Diamond Reed, and Chris Turner. A special thank you to our host, Lori Williams. The views and opinions expressed by the host and speakers reflect their personal experiences and perspectives and are not representative of Mount Royal University or the Office of Alumni Relations. Big Ideas is powered by the Office of Alumni Relations at Mount Royal University with the support of the Community Podcast Initiative. It's recorded in the audio production suite at Riddell Library and Learning Center. In this episode, our panel talked about democratic engagement between different generations, the roles of mentorship and sponsorship, and reconnecting with each other. And that wraps up our three-part podcast on democratic engagement. Thanks for listening. Do you have a big idea you'd like to share with the MRU community? Get in touch with the Office of Alumni Relations at alumni at mtroyal.ca. That's alumni at mtroyal.ca. And stay tuned for more episodes of Big Ideas. I've been Noel Ermita. Thank you again for joining us. Stay connected at MRU Alumni and remember to keep thinking big.